He's retired Canadian Special Forces, a sniper that served extensive tours, saw combat in Afghanistan, and experienced tremendous trauma, both in combat and when he returned home. Thanks coming up on the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show. In the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show, we are joined by special guests talking about their experiences, their realities of investigating crimes, plus those who have experienced horrendous trauma, police, first responders, military, and victims of crime share their stories. Hi, I'm John J. Wiley. In addition to being a broadcaster, I'm also a retired police sergeant. Be sure to check out our website, letradio.com and also like us on Facebook. Search for the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show. Brought to you by 4Patriots.com. That's the number 4Patriots.com. They offer the world's best survival food, the Patriot Power Generator 2000X and more. And right now, you can go to 4Patriots.com and use code LET to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store. You'll also get their famous guarantee for an entire year after your order. Plus, free shipping on orders over $97. And a portion of every sale is donated to charities who support our veterans and their families. Just go to 4Patriots.com. That's a number 4Patriots.com. Use code LET to get 10% off off connecting with us from canada we have jeff depazzi on the phone jeff is a retired canadian military sniper special forces operator and he is heavily involved with a group the special forces experience go to their website specialforcesexperience.com before we get started jeff i want everyone to know we are changing our name to the law enforcement talk radio show everything else remains the same jeff Thank you for your service, and thanks for being a guest on the show. Very much appreciated. Yeah, Jay, thanks for having me on. The pleasure is absolutely all mine. It's a real delight to be with you today. How long were you in Canadian military? Uh, I served for approximately 15 years in a few different capacities, um, from full-time regular, and then I segued out into the reserve forces, the reserve special forces, where I was uh, still training operators. And you, you specialized in, maybe that's not the right term, but you specialized in being a sniper. Am I correct? I, I wore many badges, many hats, uh, Jay. Um, but yeah, I would say that that was the, the, the one that I would hold up and flash <laughs> the most is, uh, yeah, the fact that I was a tier one sniper, yes. I'm sure there was a lot of training, a lot of experience that went with that position, I've never served in the military, so uh, I'm sure there's a lot of direct references and, and comparisons in the United States military. I've had many police on that were military veterans first. And as a matter of fact, I tell people I'm very fortunate. When I was trained as a rookie police in Baltimore in 1980, 1981, many of the experienced law enforcement officers there were Vietnam combat veterans. And we had a few Korean War veterans that were command staff, and they were phenomenal police. They were really good at uh, de-escalation. They were very good at community policing, all those things. So my hat's off to all military people. I appreciate that. There's a a wealth of experience and education that you can't get anywhere else um, serving in the military, you know, similar to the law enforcement world that uh, creates, especially when it comes to dealing in real time, as you know, uh, where real decisions are made and real impact happens. Um, yeah. I'm sure that, first of all, I want people to understand, I don't have a point of comparison 
to what Jeff's going to talk about. He's going to talk about his experience. I can only imagine what combat was like. And I'll be honest with you, Jeff, I, most Hollywood movies don't do justice to police work, so I imagine they're probably far off base when it comes to military conflict as well. Yes. It's funny you mentioned that. I was thinking about that yesterday, watching a, a movie uh, about uh, Iraq in particular. And it's impossible... I mean, they, they can give you high production value and very make it very entertaining, but it is impossible to collect and show the subtle psychological nuances, the moments in time that when you're in the heat of the moment and um, all your juices are flowing, all the adrenaline's going and the complete chaos of everything around you, even though you're trained, yeah, it's impossible to really show that and, and to show not just the moment, but everything that comes with that afterwards, impossible to capture video and, um, but we do a better job, I think, through stories such as uh, such as your show. Well, one of the things I got to say, I'm rather impressed that you actually watched a movie about uh, military combat because I've gotten to the point where I very rarely ever watch, uh, especially American produced police, any kind of drama because they're usually so far off base. They're not even remotely close to truth. I spend more time watching BBC related content than I do American content because I think they do a better job, especially when it comes to character development. What is your impression of the movies and character development? I I know that they got to make it entertaining. I know they have a time frame they got to do. And I know that's not part of the story, but everybody you serve with, they're all unique individuals. Yes. (laughs) Um, when you expand their stories, the nuances, right? The threads that uh, make the tapestry that are uh, them, that, that is the real beauty of the drama. I think it's a bit of a lost form in film itself, personally. This is like really the day and age of uh, the short attention span, high clip rate, you know, coming at you the whole time. Um, but I, and I feel like they're, they're missing that, though, because there's so many the real point of story is the lessons, right? The risk and the reward that were there. And, um, you know, confession, I watch, um, them very rarely as well, but every now and then I find it, I glean something when I push myself out of that comfort zone, not just of judgment of the film, but my own, like, but maybe there's a little something there that choking it down for me. It's about, um, trying to see gleam what I may be missing a truth about myself. Now, obviously a lot of those movies aren't even going to begin to do that. So yeah, I'm a little bit more discerning in those choices. They're less the, the tentpole productions of Hollywood and usually um, more of an independent sized film. So do you look at these films as judging where you're at in life compared to where the characters are? Well, as you know, when you try to recall any event where, you know, excitement, where your, where your heart rate, where you're not, not in the black, but, you know, stepping into those elevated zones where the brain starts to process differently, things are lost. And um, I think that's like why people go to legions and uh, their war halls and things like that is to recollect some of that so that they can bring it back so they can process it more properly. Um, and really glean new lessons from it. So that, that's, that's what I, I do. Um, and then sometimes it's like, am I avoiding putting my hand on the stove? Yeah. In that, like, okay, what's what, here? I got burnt there. Am I just, is there something that could be stirred up um, that I'm not expecting? Because that happens a lot too for me is, 
these little moments that occurred and I didn't even realize that they had an impact on my life. You know, so it's just one of those memes for me. I don't know how it could not have an impact on your life. And by the way, I've not found the magic solution. The, the, the term that the psychologists seem to hate is avoidance. There's things I avoid because I don't like how I get. And when I get off the beam, for lack of better words, it's not a short-term thing. It affects everything. And it affects my relationship with my wife. It affects my mood with other people. Uh, I tend to isolate. I don't want to be around people until I get back to what I call my happy spot. We are talking with Jeff DePazzi. He is a retired Canadian military sniper. He's also one of the co-founders of the Special Forces Experience. Check out their website, thespecialforcesexperience.com. When we return to the Law Enforcement Talk radio show, we're going to talk about military combat, his conflicts that he experienced in Afghanistan, and then the personal tragedy that occurred when he returned home. Ever miss an episode of the radio show? Never fear. You can sign up for our free email newsletter and get access to past podcast episodes. Plus, all subscribers are automatically entered in all future contests. Sign up at letradioshow.com. Scroll down to the sign-up area. That's letradioshow.com. We promise we will never spam you. Sign up at letradioshow.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. National security experts are warning our aging power grid is more vulnerable than ever. Imagine a blackout lasting not days, but weeks or months. Your life would be frozen in time right at the moment the power fails. Lights all over the country go out, throwing people into total darkness. That's why having your own solar power is more important than ever. With the new Patriot Power Generator 2000X, you get a solar generator that doesn't install into your house because it's portable. You can take it with you, even use it inside. But it's powerful enough for your phones, medical devices, or even your fridge. And right now, you can go to 4 and use code LET to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in a store, including the Patriot Power Generator. You'll also get their famous guarantee for an entire year after your order. Plus, free shipping on orders over $97, and a portion of every sale is donated to charities who support our veterans and their families. Just go to 4Patriots.com. That's number 4Patriots.com, and use code LET to get 10% off. That's 4Patriots.com. Use code LET to get yours today. Discover the exciting world of podcasts at hefepods.com. From captivating stories to life advice and much more, there's a podcast for every interest and passion. Be entertained by your favorite radio personalities in both English and Spanish. Don't waste any more time. Find a great English or Spanish language podcast to follow and discover a world of possibilities in your own language. Find the best podcasts at chefepods.com. This is the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show returning to our conversation with Jeff DePazzi. He is a retired Canadian military special forces sniper. And when he returned home, in addition to all the combat and conflict that they experienced, him and his team, when he came home, he and his wife experienced major trauma, which he'll talk about a little bit later on. I want to go to your military experience in Afghanistan. And I would like to think that some of what you went through was unique, but I have a feeling it wasn't. I would like to think 
everyone's experience is unique, Jay. And, 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 I, and I say that so that we can continue to glean why we do these things, especially when it comes to war fighting, when it comes to when and how we use violence. And um, it really, it comes with a, a great morality tale, as, as I'll segue into here. Um, on a tour on Roto 6, 2008, uh, what we call Apathena, you know, named conveniently after the goddess of war, um, we were in Afghanistan. We had been there for a few months now. And um, it really is a more prehistoric place. A lot of people, until you experience something, you know, you can read a book and you can watch a movie and they're great and you can visualize it and you can do all, all these tools you want. We had been operating, doing a few different things. By this time, we had gotten away from using vehicles, so we're walking around everywhere in the desert, you know, humping our bags, and they're not light. You know, we got mortar rounds, uh, all kinds of ammo, backup supply, food. It was grueling. It was also wonderful, you know. If you want to be a soldier and that's what you want to do, when you get to do it, you better enjoy it in some capacity. Um, but now and then we would roll around in what we call lab threes. Uh, down here in the U.S., they're called strikers, and they have different variants. They're basically an eight-wheeled beast. The, uh, the Taliban would call them the uh, Green Dragons because they spit fire from their uh, 25mm, which is just an awesome tool of war. Anyhow, I was part of Platoon 1-3, Lucky 1-3. And we had the weapon set, the, the platoon commander, you know, the signaler. We kind of were the, the, the head of the platoon, if you will. And uh, the interpreter would be with us, the Tajimai. And they were wonderful. A lot of them were out of Afghanistan proper. Uh, some of them came from the U.S. and Canada. And they were all vetted, and they all did their jobs really well. They, they integrated it within the teams. You know, they were part of the team. They were there when we were in firefights, you know, when we were rocket attacked, RPGs, whatever. So you build this bond with them, and you build a trust because... They are for your ears, right? Because what they do, what they were doing for us, is they would monitor the ICOM radios. They would listen to the chatter that's going on. So when we'd go to different areas, the Taliban or Al-Qaeda um, was in the area, would start chatting, like, okay, soldiers are around, you know, and then sometimes they'd start to set up defensive postures. They'd start uh, set up for attack. And um, I started noticing that he would key in the ICOM. So he's only supposed to be listening. If he keys it in, that means they can hear what we're saying. And, you know, the, the first time I saw it, I thought it might be an error, you know, and then I started watching it more and more and more. And um, eventually it became pretty obvious. It was like, okay, this guy is, is transmitting our stuff, right? All our coordination is happening in the back of this lab for whatever we're going to do in that village. And uh, I brought it up to my friend, Cookie, who, you know, he validated and um, that turned out, so we brought it up the chain of command. Uh, he was arrested um, by the military police and questioned. And it didn't take very long to find out that his family, his wife and his children, had been kidnapped by the Taliban and were being held hostage. And he was being forced to spy, in essence, on us. Now... Um, th this one, this story particularly sits with me a little bit heavier, you know, as I recall it, because 
there's a thing in, in combat, and I would imagine in the policing world too, that, that's called moral wounds. When decisions are made that you can't fully wrap your head around and perhaps on the other side, you feel the weight of that morality as a, a right-wrong struggle. So, as I said, he was arrested and um, you know, he was properly handled, all that kind of stuff. But he was set out the front gate of the FOB we were in, the Florida Operating Base uh, Spurlingar in the Panjway District of Afghanistan, which is like the spiritual birthplace of the Taliban. I mean, this is this was their homeland. We let him out, and the local warlords or whatever captured him, and they hung him in a grape hut. And um, it wasn't uh, shortly after that through our Afghan partners, I believe it was, the Afghan National Army, that uh, they found him. He was hanging in a grape hut. And, um, you know, no time to really do any investigations. There's no time to follow up to try to see what's happening with his family. I would only imagine they were killed. Uh, the warfighters, the Taliban, the Al-Qaeda, I just use those terms kind of generally because the lines started to get very blurred yeah. by 2008 of who was who, uh, would have most definitely um, killed them. And on the other side of that, like someone like myself, seeing this thread unfold, not knowing what to do, you know, th this is, these are different circumstances and, you know, GI is given drills for, but just because we were hands tied, this unfortunate event just compounded. And here you go, you have this person who was, I, I believe in my heart, trying to be a really good man, you know, and put into this ultimate, you know, between the hammer and the, uh, the iron, you know, between the hammer and the anvil and, um, those kinds of moments sit with you, Jay. Yeah, I don't know that I would have any kind of, and I'm sure you've, you've tried to resolve this in, in your mind many ways. I don't know of any way that I could come up with anything because I've got nothing to relate it to. And, and I think many people, and you're probably reluctant to talk about this, in, in, certainly around the barbecue, because most people don't have a concept of what it's like, myself included. When you're dealing with groups of people that are that violent, and when you say that he was put into a choice where his, his family was kidnapped and tortured, and you're going to do this, or they're going to be killed, I, I don't know what I would do. I, I, I know I'm not going to jump in here and say, well, if I was there, I would have done this, because those people, they weren't there. That's why I tell them all the time, you weren't there. You don't have to make the decisions and deal with the consequences. We're talking with... Jeff DePazzi, he is a retired Canadian military sniper. We're going to talk more about his combat experience in Afghanistan and then the personal tragedy he and his wife went through when he returned home and what he's doing today. You can find us on Facebook. Look for and like the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show Facebook page. Get access to free podcast versions of the show and more on Facebook. Do a search for the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show and be sure to click like. This is Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. I have some exciting news to share with you. 
you are going to love my Your Diet Do-Over Do-It-Yourself course on HarmonyWithFood.com, which means you could do everything at your own pace. I put my heart and soul into this course. Have you been on every diet there is only to gain the weight back? If your relationship with food is, well, not that good, you should purchase the Your Diet Do-Over course. Go over to HarmonyWithFood.com, click the Your Diet Do-Over tab and get started today. Of all the radio stations in the United States, there are no other shows like the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show. And on Facebook, there's only one official page. Do a search on Facebook for the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show. And be sure to like the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show Facebook page. This is Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show. Yes, we are changing our name ever so slightly. I'm John J. Welly, joined by Jeff DePazzi. Jeff is retired Canadian military special forces military sniper. He's also heavily involved with a group called the Special Forces Experience. Check out their website, thespecialforcesexperience.com. As a matter of fact, he's one of the co-founders, I do believe. Jeff, before we went to break, we were talking about your experience in Afghanistan with the interpreter. And you mentioned something, the moral injury or moral wounds. And when I first hear that, Jeff, I I think I want to recoil from it. Like it's assigning some sort of value that I did something wrong, but that's not what we're talking about at all. And and what I can, the only way I can compare, and it's a, a bad word, is when I had to use extreme violence in situations, it went counter to how I was raised. It went counter to totally, not just the moral, religious, psychological, good, bad, right, wrong, and different. And I really, I really had a bit of difficulty at the time, not so much now, understanding that I could be capable of such violence. Is that kind of what you're talking about? <laughs> Yes, uh, and, I, and I agree with what you're saying. One of the things we do from our experience is we try to draw value, right? That's how, when we're processing everything, we try to, oh, okay, I moved these chess pieces and this was valuable to person X, Y, and Z. In this case, finding that value overall, as you zoom out in the case with the, um, with the interpreter, with the Tajiman, it gets a little more difficult. Mm-hmm. And then we start, that's why... It, it's it's more of a psychological term, moral, you know, is it right? Is it wrong? Where, yeah, it, it does do that. And it, and it does put me at the center of that. So it's been more difficult for me to draw the value from that moment. Now you say, you know, you specifically use the word in, in a gunfight. When the circumstances have led to someone trying to kill you and those that you would call allies, lines change completely. Right. Um, you know, the, the, I don't want to say the morality goes out the window because it doesn't, because that humanness is there. Case in point, um, this is about six months into our tour and we were gearing up for an op. You know, we're, we're working out of an old abandoned Russian school and it's, um, you know, it's about one thirty in the morning. Nobody slept because we're about to march out 15 clicks on foot, no vehicles, you know, minimum support with air, all that kind of stuff and um, do some presence patrols. Now, like I'm saying, like when I say load up, you know, once again, like 130 pounds on your back through the night, not having slept, you know, people are looking for you. And this was past the 290 sting, which will have very little, 
um, resonance with most people, but basically enter the, the heart of where uh, the insurgents were at this time in the uh, ISAF campaign. And we're going and we're going to do a raid on a target. It uh, definitely has stuff going on, no doubt about it. We got the drones running, all this kind of stuff. And we go and we set up. Uh, it takes us a few hours to get out there walking. We set up, we set up our clothing, we cut all the cutoffs in, all the machine guns, all that kind of stuff. We go in and we clear the compound and nobody's there. There's nothing. It, it, it's like they were interacting with it, but there was nothing there. So that was, that's a bit of a disappointment when you're, you know, you're like ready to grab you and tell to push the campaign forward. So, you know, we regroup, we kind of rejig what the, the, the op is going to be for now. And we're sitting there and it's starting, the sun's coming up. It's about, well, I'd say it was probably about 10 o'clock and they're going to pick up and we're, we're, it's, it's a joint op. So there's our platoon, another platoon from our company, from my company, and then a, a platoon of Americans working at big, massive kind of triangular shape, but spread out over, you know, half a mile kind of thing. And snap, snap, here it comes again. Okay. Um, by this point, I would say that we were, I don't want to use quite the dramatic term as battle hardened, but we were, we were hard. We were as hard as Christmas candy and um, about just as smart at that point. We weren't a stranger to being in a gunfight. And coming in, it's coming, it's coming from all kinds of angles. And it, it's difficult, right? Because they're, they're tucked in in their mouths, these sand huts, and they got the grape rows, which are about six feet tall, and they can hide behind that. They have every advantage over us except, you know, our will to survive. And M72, you know, shoulder fired rockets. We got machine guns, a mortar fire, and then uh, we were lucky enough to get some air support, some Apaches, in fact. You know, because there, there is Kiwas in the area, but they don't have the same kind of guided missiles. So it's a, like a fire and forget. They're, they're great. They're, they're great to work with. The American Kiowa pilots were awesome. Um, and, and we're in it for a couple hours. So that was one thing about Afghanistan. You could get into gunfights for a couple hours. And, you know, we go through that one, okay. That evening, we get hit again. One of the Americans is shot, shot in the hip. And um, this is like a really beautiful moment for showing the coalition working together because the Canadians are there working on them. We're getting them ready for evac. And in comes a British Chinook. That's the double-rotored helicopter female pilot. She comes in, does this awesome banking move, comes down, barely touches the ground, load him in, he goes, and um, thankfully surgery saves his life. Now, that's quite a day for anybody because now we haven't slept, and, you know, that's, that's the day we came into. And that night we watched uh, probably some collateral damage, but uh, the fighters load up their dead into wheelbarrows through the night vision. And then two more days, Jay, it was the same kind of thing. They were like using something out of Art of War. You know, they they attack in the mornings and then kind of by evening light, trying to use that to their advantage. Um, of course, the only advantage they have is surprise and that it's their ground. I and mean, we own every other advantage. I, I do have to give them that. They did try. And um, it, was, it was epic. It was something, you know, where, oh yeah, this was the moment that if ever... I walk out of this, I may be able to find some glory in it. And, uh, you know, knock on wood, 
at the time. Uh, we all got out of there. Everybody lived. We did build up some level of hearts and minds with the locals. And then we, we were exfilling. And um, in comes the artillery. We created this smoke screen that was like miles, miles um, long and, and probably half a mile high. It was like a super impressive um, <laughs> the, the machines we had for carrying out war. And, um, you know, this is getting closer to the end of the tour. And we're going back and, and we're, we're still interacting with our environment. We're all dead tired. So this is where, you know, those symptoms of stress can start setting, where your, your faculties start to, they're removed. Your ability to have full awareness is removed. And um, finally we made it back. Let me take a break here. We're going to return to our conversation with Jeff DePatsy in just a few moments. He is a retired Canadian military special forces sniper. He's talking about uh, the combat experiences in Afghanistan. And when we return on a law enforcement today, when we return to the law enforcement talk radio show, he's going to tell us about the tragedy he and his wife experienced when he returned home, his effects on him and what he does today. Has this ever happened to you? You sign up for a free email newsletter, and within hours, you're receiving tons of spam. That won't happen when you subscribe for the free Law Enforcement Today radio show email newsletter. We won't spam you. No more than two emails a week. I promise. All subscribers are automatically entered in all future contests. Sign up at letradioshow.com. Scroll down to the sign-up area. That's letradioshow.com. This is the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. What is the Haunting or Not podcast? It's a free podcast that takes a different approach to ghost stories, hauntings, and cases of demonic forces. Husband and wife podcast hosts mix comedy, facts, and a healthy dose of police evidence skepticism to help you decide. Are these hauntings or not? Helping you decide what's real and what is fake or an overhyped exaggeration. From world-famous cases to lesser-known reports, they talk about them all in the Haunting or Not podcast, available for free on most podcast platforms. Or do a Google search for Haunting or Not podcast. This is the Law Enforcement Talk radio show. I'm John J. Wiley, returning to our conversation with Jeff DePatsy. Jeff is retired Canadian military special forces sniper. He did multiple tours in Afghanistan, and he is one of the co-founders of the Special Forces Experience. Check out their website, thespecialforcesexperience.com. When we were talking earlier, Jeff, I'm just listening because I really I don't have a point of comparison. And what I, I've learned to do, and this show has helped a lot with this, is I, I don't compare anymore my story to someone else's. You said something early on in the interview that everybody's experience is a bit unique even though they're very similar it, it's their experience and what they bring to the table and how it impacts them i can't imagine going through extensive combat like you described in afghanistan and how it was between the the interpreter the the gunfights all these other things maintaining that uh, combat readiness for lack of better words for hours at a time when when i had 
I call them adrenaline jumps, where the adrenaline, I can't believe you're trying to kill me, and all of a sudden, you, you, you're in full-on fight-or-flight mode. That's all there is you can do. I can't explain it any other way. But maintaining that for hours, and then not sleeping. And then you said something, okay, when this is all over with, if I make it out of this, this is my moment of glory, I'm done. Yeah. Because um, I, I think as men, I won't speak for the ladies, you know, that's what you're sure of why you do this, but there's perhaps something you can pull from it we call glory, right? Um, it's, it's a word that we really don't know much about because um, it can be very hard to find. We don't really actually know what we're looking for, right? As I was saying, um, returning back to the fob, dead tired. We are, tired is not actually the word that I would use. Um, but like you said, you know, you dumped everything, everything is off kilter. And I returned and I, and I called my wife and uh, she had just lost, while I was there, uh, our baby. Uh, she was six months along and she lost the baby. And this speaks to the level of dissociation that I was feeling. I actually hung up on her. Um, I actually yelled at her and then hung up on her. And that, that was the thing, right? We're, we're in such a constricted nature at that point that my own survival for these last few days was, became all that really mattered. And I had no capacity to be there for her. And, you know, I, I, those are those moments I struggle with. Like, yeah, I, 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 I could I, look, I didn't go through this, Jeff, but I can tell you right now as a human being, I can understand. I would, I would, I don't know. I don't know where to see I would feel horrible about myself. And I know that was not your intention. I'm look, I'm not trying to be judgmental. I know that was not your intention, but we look back and say, I'm not God. I'm not Superman. I, I can only do things the best I can. And you'd been through superhuman things already. Yeah, I, I don't feel judged, Jay. I think it is an important topic, and that's why it's important to have these discussions. Sometimes we have these discussions, and it's just to perpetuate something. But in this case, I think it's about stopping things so that you know, young men and women hear these kinds of stories, and they're like, okay, there's a chance that I'm going to have to react in some way similar. You know, I, I, I don't hold great shame for myself because I've definitely learned how to transmute all these things into gold. And in essence, that has begun... Um, that was some of the start state for where I'm at. My relationship with her dissolved. Uh, it came apart. And over time, I developed severe PTSD to the point of, well, I, I was not just suicidal. I almost uh, jumped off the tower in uh, Las Vegas, in fact. And that was the absolute rock bottom of my life. And every inch since then has been how do I bring back, you know, I went into the dark night of my soul. How do I bring back something good so that others don't have to repeat my, not my mistakes so much, but the lessons I, I had to hoist aboard, you know, those difficult moments in time that come with me. Everything in my life now has been about this concept of post-traumatic growth, yeah. turning those moments into something beautiful. I look, I'm, I'm there with you because uh, without going really deep into my story, 
I became so angry that I was impossible to live with. And, and it led to eating problems, sleeping problems, drinking too much, you name everything that came along with it. But the gains I've made have been because people that have been there were willing to share with me like you just did. I didn't get a lot of help, and it wasn't for lack of trying, from the so-called professionals. It was the people that had been through combat and had seen the ugly side of how they responded. And when I say ugly, that's not a judgmental thing. It's just saying that's not how I want to be remembered today. Yeah, well, that's where the world should be thankful, right, Jay? Wisdom, that's all there is to it. And so it's people, it's not like thankful, but it's learn from, you know, the things you went through, learn from the things I went through. Cause I so much about, you know, the inadequacies, inadequacies of the system's abilities to actually help us. They, they, right. Most of the systems around us don't really know how to help us. And what are the things that we can do to bring some humanity to this where, you know, you know, the anger, anger is such a clouding, um, emotion it, it shifts our perception it starts to shift our body and how that sits with us yeah it tangles and plus it up, keeps right? all threats away that's the thing anything that felt threatening i just get angry at and push them away and then I, then i'd be despondent because i was all by myself you know poor me poor me exactly it's a survival mechanism gone awry right. it has its place but then it gets turned on and it stays with us too long and then it's about because nobody deserves to stay in that state forever that's exhausting especially those who had some kind of service and those that that uh our our loved ones don't deserve to go through that as well i want to fast forward you mentioned something post-traumatic growth uh, and uh, i know we don't have a lot of time can you talk briefly about what that is in essence if we were to think about it very quickly and kind of colloquially post-traumatic growth is the opposite of post-traumatic stress disorder a post-traumatic stress disorder moves us into a non-coping mechanism such as a high anger state. Um, I, I don't need to go down all those rabbit holes. We all know when we're depressed. Post-traumatic stress disorder keeps you there. Traumatic growth is about taking those lessons, finding meaning, finding value, rebuilding your body, mind, and soul, and growing past the person you were before. There you go. It's, it's the ultimate reason for why we suffer. And by the way, Jeff, suffer. I can't think of anybody that can describe it better than you, and we're almost out of time. I want to touch base on the Special Forces Experience. The website is specialforcesexperience.com. What is it? What do you do? Yeah, in essence, what we do, Jay, is we use the concept of intentionally facilitated post-traumatic growth. We put people through stressful situations so that they can learn very quickly. Nothing teaches us like great love or great fear quite as quickly. And, um, yeah, it, it's been a, an absolute gift. And from it, we actually created a documentary called The Dark Night of Our Soul, which is all about the gift that every one of us holds right now and transmuting those sufferings um, for the greater good, not just for themselves, for themselves, but for the greater good as well. Is, would it be safe to say this is kind of your passion now? Yes. It's, uh, you would, at eight years old, you would have never, I would have never known I would be into post-traumatic growth. Uh, but it absolutely is. It fills me with purpose. It gives me my ability to use all my skills I've developed. And most important, is a service. And by the way, I think it puts uh, some useful purpose to the pain of your past. By the way, this was Jeff DePatty, Canadian military 
Special Forces sniper, retired, and the website is specialforcesexperience.com. Jeff, thanks very much for being a guest on the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show. Very much appreciated. Yeah, Jay, the pleasure was all mine. Absolutely. I'd like to thank our guests for coming on the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show. The Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show is a nationally syndicated weekly radio show broadcast on numerous AM and FM radio stations across the country. We're always adding more affiliate stations. If you enjoyed the podcast version of the show, which is always free, please do me a favor and tell a friend or two or three. I'll be back in just a few days with another episode of the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show and Podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.